Hive. Zach came in. Welcome out in your nation. Little preview of Tech tonight. Recapping the last little three-game swing there. Two and one. Got the two that mattered in the conference. And like I said, I'll trade being there for a loss for two wins in the conference any day. That loss to Florida was a tough one. But we've rebounded since. Uh, we're also going to sneak in a little little bit of uh, Super Bowl recap there. It was a bit of a snoozer, but we, uh, we'll work it in there as uh, we hope to have Tech taking two big L's. They took one from their favorite son there, Patty Mahomes, on Sunday at the GOAT. And hopefully the uh, the GOAT or the closer of closers in college basketball, Deuce McBride, will hand the, uh, the, 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 uh, the guys from the Plains there in West Texas and Lubbock another L. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink. Settle in. We've got a little mega cast here for you. We're a little longer than normal, but there's a lot to chew on. So uh, we thank you again, and uh, without further ado, here comes Zach, and we'll uh, also, by the way, kind of uh, put Cal on notice a second straight week, and also with Cal, putting the, the Cal, the school, on notice on the back end. So you guys know what to do. Grab the drink and get the coffee fill steps in the morning. Come on back, Mountaineer Hoops, right here on the porch. Zach, what is going on, man? I mean, uh, I feel like the deuce is running wild on uh, on the Big 12 right now, man. It's running wild on you, put it that way. The deuce is loose. He is loose. He's running wild. Um, I mean, he's even scoring, you know, overnight. That was that was crazy. It's almost like it was an election or something. <laughs> they didn't stop the count. They didn't <laughs> <laughs> not not for Deuce, man. Ford did another one there after the end of it. Uh, and, man, he made all 31 uh, of those count for us on a Saturday there at the Coliseum in a big, big win versus Kansas. Yeah, man. He was outrageous. I mean, he he did it all. He was everywhere. And I'm not sure if you saw this, but – he and a fellow named Jerry West, you've heard of them, the only players in West Virginia history to go for 31, 7, and 7. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah you, you, you've heard of him before, right? That, uh, that guy who's the logo, you know, he's got his, got, his, uh, got his number up there in the rafters, you know, a little pitcher. Yeah, that, that guy. Yeah, a little fetch. No big deal, no big deal. That's wild, though. I mean, you know, and I remember seeing that stat and being like, I thought he had 29. I was like – and then, and then I realized, oh shit, he he really did get another bucket after we were uh, asleep. You know, Zach. I'll be honest though, I can't remember the bucket that they gave the Bridges that they should have given to uh, given to Deuce. I couldn't either. <laughs> I was trying to rack my brain to remember. It. I'm like, what? What Deuce was that? Well, I don't remember. That I mean, at all. Does, <laughs> does that kind of go? Does that kind of go to the quality though? The first half, um, kind of uh, the way it was going in terms of the broadcast. I'll be honest. I was playing life. Uh, with uh, with Mr. Maxwell and company, kind of staying and definitely staying uh, totally kind of into the game. We knew I had my eye on it the whole time, but was still playing life and ended up winning. Zach, five million I brought home in life, mm. dude. But speaking of life, now is ridiculous. How much these salaries are worth? You get like a hundred thousand dollars as a teacher. I mean, I know a lot of teachers would love that. <laughs> My wife, personally, every day of the week. Hey, man, I tell you what, I'd be, I'd be teaching, I'd be teaching high school, 
uh, civics and coaching some type of sport if I can make 100K. No doubt. I, I still maybe maybe knocking down a middle school. I, I don't know. Hockey <laughs> kids just freak me out. Not, not sure you could take it. No, no but I mean, it's a legitimately, man. I mean, that, getting back getting back to the news there because I mean, uh, we can rag on life, man. I mean, I, I'll be honest. It's not not the same as it used to be, but some cool additions to the game. I, I will I will give them that. Um, but <laughs> needless to say, um, I mean, the first half it just was. Felt like offensively we were smooth, Zach. Um, I, I it, it kind of it was nice to see Deuce making shots early. I think you know you're up nine to two essentially in the first break. I mean I felt like wow okay here we go let's let's keep this going. Yeah, I mean we held the lead the whole game, which is something we I don't know if we've done that against Kansas in our going on nine years in the Big Twelve. It's it's, it was a hell of a, hell of a performance. Um, you heard Huggins talk about, which he ragged on them after the Iowa State game for their defensive prowess, and he was, <laughs> and right he was so. different too. Although, although he was better, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what though? I mean, you could definitely see there are signs of it the last two games, and we won't even go into the third game um, that we that we've kind of been, uh, you know, that we've that's been played since uh, since we've last met there, the Florida game. Um, I mean, that was one of the worst defensive showings we've seen in a long time. But you know what? Florida was just game for that game, Zach, I think, and just made shots. I mean, in reality, I mean, I don't think there was that much different other than the fact we just played a little bit better defense. But Florida was just – they made some tough shots too in that game. They did. They, they made shots. They got to the line just as much as we did, which is a big, a big way to beat us if you can get to the line and make them. And we just couldn't shoot for the dam in that game. So we – Especially late. Especially late in the second half. We had to have uh, – Yeah, execution was lacking. And then also just kind of making the late plays, you know, to kind of win the game, making those shots. It was just – let's put it this way. I mean, you win the Florida game if Deuce makes another couple baskets. If Taz makes a couple free throws, you're – you win both of those games. You, you know, you, you end up winning that game as well as the Kansas game along with, and I guess, sandwich in the Iowa State game uh, in there. But, Zach, let's kind of, you know, where do you want to go first, man? I mean, we've, we've kind of had a little bit, you know, a three-game little uh, kind of triumvirate there and a two-and-one successful deal. And the two that really matter, I think, if, you, if we're quite honest, um, the Big 12 games, we both got those. You want to go with uh, – you kind of want to go chronological or how do you kind of want to go and kind of par- parsing through this last three-game stretch here? Uh, well, uh, we can get started with the most recent one against Kansas if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I guess we, we, we were sort of already kind of in the midst of uh, of doing it anyway. I'm just kind of – just thinking – I guess I'm sitting here watching Kansas play now and I keep kind of thinking back to the last game that I watched Florida play after we play a team, I've kind of sort of watched the, how they perform the next game. And it's been, it's been hit or miss, but kind of interesting at the same time. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of why I think I went to Florida there real quick, but I, I'm with you kind of stick with what we've uh, seen latest here. Um, and I mean, that biggest, biggest key for you in the Kansas game. What, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, we shot the hell out of the ball. There's, there's no getting around it. 50% from the floor, 52% from three. And that's, 
that's huge. But how about eighty four percent from the line, sixteen and nineteen? I mean, that's it's a hell of a hell of a clip right there. And we turn them over a good bit. I mean, we we played about one of the best complete games we've had in the had this season. Wouldn't you say? Oh, I, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, it's one of the most complete games we've seen all year from this team. Um, and you know, it's a different style of team now too. And and to be honest, if you can kind of take away that little stretch there at the start of the second mm-hmm. half, where we kind of got, and man, I mean, I hate to get on a guy, and I think Hugs kind of got on him a little bit in the post game interview radio. If you hear it, he said when Culver wants to run, when Culver wants to. You know, when Derek wants to do these things, he's unstoppable. Um, and I think that goes to the beginning of the second half. That post feed, it was, it just was like, come on now. And, and you know, Kansas gets on that 10-0 run, ties it, or not 10-0 run, but I mean, kind of cuts into that lead. They get it, they they cut the deficit off um, that, where it was at 10, you know, heading into halftime. And you're like, man, this is, this is not good. And then all of a sudden it was just kind of like we just took it back over um, and really, from that point on, I felt, felt the defense was also pretty stout for us. Yeah, there were times they allowed the straight line drive, which we have a problem with in general. But the rotations were good by and large. They they were getting out on shooters. They weren't giving up near as many open perimeter shots, which showed. I mean, Kansas shot thirty five percent from three, and I mean they've struggled mightily this season against everybody but us. The first time we played them, but. We defended a lot better, and it showed. I mean, Kansas did score 79, but I think that we played better defense than their, than their total points would indicate. Oh, 100% agree with that. I mean, and I think that kind of compounds upon you had Iowa State down there till the very end of the game where you kind of let them loose. I think the defense is kind of – I think it's coming around because I think the players, you know, and I think you've heard it in some of the interviews – Definitely heard it out of some of Deuce's comments there before the Kansas game. I think they're taking it to heart a little bit. And I think they, you know, they know what the tradition of this program is built upon, which is a in your face, you know, John Rostein tweeting tougher than a you know a long weekend at your at your in-laws, you know. And I'm not sure this this year's rendition of Mountaineers, you would say defensively, is tougher than that weekend at your long, you know, long weekend at your in-laws. It might be <laughs> it might be more uh you know, might might be a little more like it's definitely more comfortable in laws. This is not the meet meet the parents, uh, you know, Gaylord Fucker style here that that we're dealing with here uh, in laws with the West Virginia defense at this point in time this year. No, not quite. But I think they're starting to come around. You know, they're still getting used to the rotations they have with the lineup, the way it is constructed now. Um, guys getting healthy again. One guy in particular is Emmett. He played one of the best games I've seen him play overall on offense and defense. He was outstanding defensively, got double digits in a second straight game. I think he's starting to come back into form after his stint with COVID, and that's huge. I mean, he's a guy that get, I mean, he, you lose – the dude lose 18 pounds. Yeah. I mean, he was skinny already. Yeah, I mean, he's – I mean, and that's – you know, it's one thing that's interesting to think about with Emmett and kind of the evolution, and you're seeing it a lot more. Him being able to, in a free-flowing atmosphere, but I really like him playing the four mm-hmm. position, Zach. I think when he's at the four, it gives us that length we need to guard those guys, but if they're able to – we're also able to still play that four-out style, 
Um, and it felt like Saturday when Emmett was at the four, we really took off. Um, and you know what? Big shot by him, too. Made a couple big clutch, clutch uh, three-pointers there on Saturday. And you know what? They only made one. But it was a huge one. I feel like I, I feel like maybe he made another, you know, a nice step-in shot or something that was uh, maybe a, a long two. But it felt like Emmett really, uh, really, really played well. You know, the stat sheet might not tell you that, 10 and 5 in 37 minutes because the guys definitely filled it up a little more than him. But I think you're 100% correct on Emmett being important to this team and him kind of getting that bounce again and that kind of having the hair kind of flop a little bit. Uh, maybe if we get that Emmett going here again, could be real huge for the rest of this gauntlet we got coming up here the next. Well, and again, we don't really have as much of that gauntlet now. It, it kind of really interesting. We could have went from where we thought we were really in trouble to could be kind of a, a real interesting stretch here for us now. Yeah, I mean, not to say that we couldn't have split with Baylor. That was absolutely a possibility. But take both of those games away. You know, they're this late in the season. I don't know how likely they are to be rescheduled at this point. They say postponed. I would think that more likely it's going to be a cancellation. But you take the away. You have – you have you have a little, I mean you have that extra week. I mean we've got now essentially four games that are off the mm-hmm. table, right? Got to figure those out. Um, I mean, but also they're definitely going to play. You'd like to think the conference tournament. You know, you're going to play That's that right. more money than if just normal regular season dates. So you think those might get sacrificed. Um, but I also heard some some kind of rumors they might re- rework the whole schedule. Uh, we can get into that a little bit later on, Zach, because I think that's a fascinating topic. Um, but kind of back to what we were kind of jumping in there with Kansas, and you talked about Emmett. Man, you know, when he is good, this team can be elite, I believe. And, you know, another guy who um, poured in a pretty big game Saturday, even though, you know, it's weird because I feel like it's happened the last couple of games, Zach. When Culver has left games, sometimes we've really went on huge runs without him on the floor. Um, kind of did again Saturday. Yeah, and it's out of necessity sometimes based on matchups, but, you know, he, he had foul trouble there late, and, you know, Huggins has shown that he can he can afford to have him off the floor. Obviously, you want to have him in there as much as, you, as much as you possibly can, but we've shown that we can go small and figure things out, and it's, it's working for us. I mean, it's not often we score 90-plus 90, 90 in conference play. It's not not hugging-style ball to outscore teams, but in his his eyes, a win's a win, so he's just got to figure out the best way to get those. True. And you know what, though, Zach, I mean, interesting you talk about us just pouring in 91. I I heard someone say this on Saturday, and it kind of just – it made you chuckle. They said, West Virginia's an elite offensive Mm. basketball team. And I don't think they're wrong. I agree. Um, because we're sitting here tonight, we're recording this right now, right in the middle of this Kansas-Oklahoma State game, right? And Oklahoma State's got 32 points, and we're sitting here 15 minutes to go in the in the second half. I mean, Kansas just gave up 91, yeah. you know, three day, two, two days ago now. So, I mean, and Oklahoma State's got some players. So I think that goes to show kind of where we're at potentially in our maturation as an offensive basketball team, looking at the way Taz scored on Saturday. I mean, it's crazy we haven't got to him yet. Um, But, I mean, I feel like we're becoming a team that, you know, 
other teams are not going to want to see because of the way we can put the ball in the bucket. And who would have thought that? I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody would have. Season oh, to season, man. we're having these this change of discussion. This is mid-season, mid-conference season. This is this is Christmas to February the what the eighth today, ninth. I don't know. Very. <laughs> I mean, because other teams that we play in come tournament time. You know, it's going to be a weird scout because they watched film from earlier in the season, which obviously they're going to be acclimated to watching film after we lost Sheway because that's the team they're facing now. But it's just a totally different approach. And we're we're not your typical Mountaineer basketball team that you faced the past, you know, almost decade where deep the premium. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully they kind of come around to where that's more of a, a staple of the ball club. But they are an offensive powerhouse right now. And it's not just one guy. It's not just Deuce. And, you know, hell, it's not even just Deuce and Culver. You got guys that get there and get you 15, 20, and you get right. I mean, and let's put it this way. Tash Sherman put up 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got and, and I don't think right. – and, and, That's and pretty I, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's a, a thing of just a one-time deal for Tash no. either. Got a feeling this is something we're going to start seeing a little bit more, maybe not consistently 25 every night. But, I mean, great effort from him. And you know what? Maybe part of that's because McNeil doesn't have his best game, so you're riding the hot hand. But uh, I think it speaks to speaks volumes in certain respects that Taz Sherman's – and we kind of felt like we've seen this, right? Taz continues to can't make leaps and bounds. And if he really starts defending, um, like I think he has the capabilities of doing, whew, man, that's a scary lineup if you put him – uh, Deuce, Jalen, Derek, and uh, Emmett out there all together, which I believe was the starting five on Saturday for the first time this season. It correct? was. Yeah. And, and, man, you know what? Our boy – oh, go ahead, Zach. I, I, I love how Sherman's playing right now. I think that he's a guy – because everybody has a different mentality depending on, you know, what they prefer, whether they're a guy who's better off the bench or they're, better, or they're a guy who's better starting. It seems to me that Taz is takes a liking to being out there when the ball's tipped, and you know, twenty five this game, eighteen against Iowa State, and shot a little, yeah. shot a little poorly against uh, Florida, nothing terrible, four of eleven, but he was still in double digits there, and and you know his mom oh, yeah. got on him, said we don't yes, miss sir. free throws, and look, and hey, and you know what, since the uh, since that I believe he what he missed maybe mm-hmm. one. Against Iowa State, but I tell you what, he made the he made the big ones at the end. And Zach, let's I mean, we're obviously gonna keep touching on the Kansas win as we keep going through, but let's kinda hit real quick on Iowa State here. That game was wild. I think we kinda had him, then we did then we lost him. But Taz at the end making the big free throws to seal it. Um and he had a good game in general. Uh, like you said, with eighteen. Uh, I mean you know, what are your thoughts on that one? Because honestly, Zach, I'm going to tell you this. When it's on ESPN Plus, anything mm-hmm. goes in my house when it comes to internet. Literally, my friend, the timeout was taken by Steve Prome setting it up. I think we took a timeout. Internet blanks. You got to be wow. shitting me, right? So I run to the I run to the phone. Got to get Caridi on. I hear Caridi as he says, Tasherman and picks up the basketball. So I have to go back and see the Gabe Solomon Young ordeal, which was just wild. And then, like, car collision happens, no call, Taz picks it up, um, and the rest is history, right? But 
And you know what else that bothered me? And, and he finally got corrected, corrected on it. But he said it a couple of times. Caridi kept saying, oh, man, it's so great that they didn't call that on Gabe. We don't want Gabe at the line. Tell me it's a charge, brother. Come on, yeah, let's go. Uh, but I, I, have a, I have a little uh, Will Ferrell movie comp for you for that situation. I actually have two Will Ferrell movie comps for this for this pod. I'll hit you with this first. So okay. that collision when it happened, it made me think of Semi Pro whenever they pulled out the alley oop and felt Father Pat blows the whistle. A, a foul? No, two fouls. <laughs> no foul on that one. Not until. Just happens to pick the ball up, but I was just like, "Come on, man! How do you not blow the whistle on that?" You gotta have something there, right? All right. It's a complete car crash, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. So what's we we got another one there? I'll I'll wait. It's Super Bowl related, but I'll pull it out later when we have the recap of the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Oh, little. Hey, I like I like a little tease there. I like a little tease. Um. So I mean, and, and you know, like you said, Taz makes the shots. Uh, I mean, you go back to the Iowa State, you go back to the Iowa State game in general, right? And you kind of look at it, um, and you kind of do, do you kind of roll your eyes at the fact that you had this big ass lead, and you just kind of, for the most part, didn't didn't continue to keep your foot on the ignition, because um, that's I mean I think that's how a lot of people felt about that game heading heading into Saturday. I mean, you're up 11 and a half. Like, it, that should not have been that close. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just – I'm just glad that we ended up pulling it out at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's – I mean, you had a 15-point lead, 63 to 48. Taz makes a three at 10-18, Zach. You go up – Emmett had the dunk of dunks, which let we, let's, let's make sure we uh, give some proper due there. I mean, that thing was a, was a thunderous jam. Uh, Bill Rafferty would have said, send it in, Emmett. Um, Onions! I mean, oh, man. I, you know, I was so disappointed, uh, by the way, that that CBS broadcast this, – this, I mean, come on. The one time we get Raff and, and we, we don't even get – we don't even get a full game of them. It was just – One is here. And the man just go, man, man. And it just, you didn't get it, man. It was just like John Rothstein trying to talk about us. It was like, there have been some rough shit. broadcast moments throughout COVID, but I think that's the worst that I've heard. It was horrendous. And it's a broadcast. The first, the first four minutes were bad. And then they figured out, okay, let's get these guys actually calling this shit instead of like through yeah. a phone here. And it got a little bit better. Bouncing all around. Um, like they didn't know, they didn't know what the hell was going on. It was, it was, man, it was something to see. Man, and you know, I just keep looking back at this game here. I mean, you had a you had a lead of a, a twelve point lead at seven forty seven. Then you just you just let it crumble. I mean, wow. I mean, yeah, I keep I keep. I mean, I'm just glad we you know I'm glad Taz Sherman made the big the big free throws in that game after what happened against Florida. Um, which I mean, hey, it's like you said. Glad we glad we pulled that one out. And live to see another day. Yeah, that's one that you're just glad to come out with. Like you said, ESPN Plus, Tuesday night, week night in general, on the road, in the conference, anything's possible. And, you know, just to come out with a with a win is is good in my book. And, hell, that same day we beat Kansas, Iowa State gave Oklahoma a run for their money in Norman, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, they're not they're not a good ball club by any means, but they'll, they'll give you a fight. And 
They'll give you your money. They will. And they're not bad. Like you said, I mean, they, they gave Oklahoma, a, you know, a pretty, you know, kind, kind of a, a, a test a there on Saturday as well. You know, in, into their – I'm not, to be honest with you, kind of glad we're done with them until potentially a Big 12 tournament. Um, because, like you said, they are, they, they are kind of frisky. They are kind of pesky. They're kind of – it can't get much worse than it is right now. And they're building for next year, and that's that's when the team like that could maybe could maybe get you if you weren't quite ready. That would have been one of the worst Easily. losses of the season for any team. I mean, Kansas not in the poll. If we lose to Iowa State, we weren't in the poll because we're getting jipped out of the way in the poll, Zach. I'm sorry. I mean, you know what? That's that's let's let's go ahead. Let's not delay the inevitable anymore on that. Um, I mean, let's kind of go down through there. And take a look at these things. I mean, granted, it doesn't matter, right? We know it doesn't matter. But damn it, it kind of does at the same time. You can't tell me that there's not perception that's getting formulated outside of the committee before the committee gets in there based off of these numbers. Texas Tech's the seventh best team, but didn't we just beat them less than two weeks ago? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and they have, and they have their 14 and five, and they are, I believe, below us in the Big 12 standings, right? I think the only team ahead correct. of us is Baylor. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Texas Tech seventh, whatever. I, like, you just look at some of these things sometimes, and it's just like I, you literally, I think, once you get past one, two, and I'll even go three with Michigan. It's it's a crap. Michigan's only there because they haven't played and does, haven't lost. <laughs> But I, but I'll tell you what I do think Michigan is a, is a pretty oh, good basketball team. Um, I mean, I I mean they had they had one bad outing in the barn, tough place, kind of a weird gym. Um, granted, they haven't played in a while. You're right, but I mean you know, now like it's like Villanova at five. Come on, uh, yeah, uh, dude, and and let's I mean, I'm sorry. You get beat the way they got beat by that press for St. John's. Granted, you haven't got to practice due to COVID things, but they kept you up there as long as they did. You lost to Virginia Tech, a team in the ACC, which is having a down year. Um, Nova, I mean, you almost lost to Georgetown on Sunday, and then the voters stick you at five. Shame on those <laughs> bastards. That was terrible. That's terrible. I mean, <laughs> Illinois at six. I just don't understand the love for Illinois and Texas Tech somehow. It's like they watch those games when they beat good teams, like Texas Tech beating Oklahoma and coming back in LSU, and it's like, ah, West Virginia, whatever, move them down. And then it's like the shame of all shame, Zach. Houston at eight? You just got ran off the floor by East Carolina, who is two and eight now in the American. Houston, you need to be taking a dive at least out of the top ten, mm-hmm. and they keep you at eight? Oh, man. And then the undeserved love for Virginia and Missouri. Ninth, moving up five spots because you beat Pitt and you beat mm-hmm. NC State on the week. Come on, and then Mizzou. I mean, whatever you beat Bama, but it's just like, oh, I mean, good God, dude. I, I just it, it's almost maddening when you look at some of these polls and you see where they've kind of got us. But then you get the log jam, obviously, of the Big Twelve, uh, Oklahoma twelfth, thirteenth, and of course they've got us the lowly. Uh, Here's doing that. I mean, how, they take you know, the they take the three of us, see who's got the best record between the three of us head to head, and they're just like, okay, bang, 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 and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, 
That that is exactly what they did there. So we they, we got some scores. They to really want to look at the performance um, from the past week and eye test. We're ahead of both of those teams. Oklahoma losing, and then Texas losing and the way they did to Oklahoma State. I don't know if you watched that game. They they did not. They oh, they didn't score in two overtimes. You know, I don't care if they were number six. They dropped seven spots. Whatever. That was a brutal, brutal performance on their part. I mean, and you look at Oklahoma State down seven tonight. I mean, it's like scoring thirty nine points, and and essentially now we're talking 30, 30 minutes of basketball. That's, I mean, we're we put that up at about twenty there the other night, and actually a little probably quicker than that. We had what forty two and a half times that four in the forty seven maybe. Yep, forty four. That's right because. God, I was disappointed. I thought we could have maybe bounced it up even higher. Uh, and that was that little miscommunication there between Gabe and I can't remember. I think Taz threw it out of bounds yeah, and then Kansas made a bucket because of the uh, kind of interesting could have been a walk and then got looked like the ball was on the cylinder for forever. That's probably the only thing that didn't go our way the entire was, game. It was a pretty good one. I, dare I say, we may have even had a little bit of a favorable whistle at home. What do you think? A little bit. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say totally favorable, but I wouldn't say yeah unfavorable either. There were a couple interesting ones um, that got called on us, but I also think we got we got our fair share of calls too. Um, nothing egregious, nothing like what the uh, we deal with when we go to the hey, fall. home or away that way. A whistle. <laughs> Hey, Kansas, Kansas better, gets better than unfavorable. This week, I'll, I'll take every day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> without doubt, without doubt, Zach. Um, and I guess real quickly here, while we're kind of we kind of teased talking about all three of the games, I was at the Florida game, um, and the flow of that. And I want to, I kind of want to hear what you have a take on it from being inside the building as compared to being outside the building watching on the, on the tube there, did you feel like the flow was where we wanted that game to be? And it, did it appear to you that old Castellini, the Michigan transfer, kind of got away with whatever he wanted in that game? Yeah, I mean, he was he was all over, man. He was he was crushing us. But like you said, you had a you had a pretty good look at it from from the from inside the Coliseum. So I'd say you had a you had the best best seat in the house. Man, it, I mean, it, it was one of the few seats in the house. It was fun. Got, got down on the uh, kind of into the corner there, um, crossed from – well, in the way the benches was set up, it was just weird because you knew it was going to be like that, but you never dreamed being inside it to notice it, right? Um, it was it was something to be seen, man. Kind of surreal uh, for sure. But, you know, at the same token, you know, so you could hear everything going on, man. I mean, that was – that was something that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, you heard hugs a couple times, but you know nothing like when he uh, when he first got here. I tell you that much without yeah, a question. It's, it's a shame that we don't have the the crowd you'd you'd be used to having, and especially in a game like the one we had against Kansas, that place would have blown up. But tis the season of the oh, times yeah. we're in, my friend. Yeah. But you know, it, I mean, it was it was fun to watch, and it's just some, something about that SEC Big Twelve yeah. Challenge just does not sit well with us. We don't seem to do well in it. Um, you know, I liken it sort of how to how it used to be with us and Marshall, 
we have our troubles with the herd. Not even a great team by any stretch of the imagination a lot of times. And they'd find a way to beat us occasionally there in Charleston. When you're just in a grind of a league like the Big East or the Big 12 is, and you got to go step outside it, it's tough sometimes, um, especially when you have a team that's kind of really ready for you. And I think Florida was really ready for us uh, there a couple weeks ago. I feel like that was kind of a kind of a circle. Oh, yeah. And coming to our place, they 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 made it happen, man. They they shot the lights out of the ball. They they caught us on a bad day, and you know it, it shows how detrimental it is for Deuce to be on his game because he was definitely off his game that day. Four for fifteen shooting the ball. That's that's an anomaly for him, but you know, even still, yeah, Gators are Gators are a good team in their own right, and we still almost had him on a bad day for Deuce. We just we can't really afford to have many of those from him. And really, I would say a yeah. bad day for Taz as well. Um, Derek obviously kills at that game, but it's kind of the same story with Derek that you saw Saturday against. Um. Saturday there against Kansas at times he really gets going quickly and then second half sometimes the foot's not always on the accelerator um to that level that I think if it is with him I mean we're I mean you know Zach I know this is a, is a it's a compare it's a comparison here and maybe I'm a little off in making it but I see a lot of Kenyon Martin and Derek Cole that's a hell of a comparison and that's one of the guys that Huggins loves to refer to all the time as one of his all-time favorites but he He's got that toughness. He's got that grit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the one thing that would be the difference is Kenny Martin, from everything that you, you know, you read, and I remember it vaguely being a, a youngster, you know, like third, fourth grade when Kenny Martin's tearing it up that season. It was like they had a, an energy that was unmatched. And I'm not sure Culver has that kind of juice or bounce that Kenny Martin had. But I think there's some similarities yeah, in that. And his his energy it comes and goes, and he's he's not a fiery guy, but he he busts his ass. I mean, he we've talked about it before. He gets beat up in there, and it's it's hard to keep that kind of energy and that kind of bounce sustained throughout the course of the game whenever you're battling like that. But he he he's a competitor, absolutely. I and, and I mean. You look at Saturday, and he had 19 and nine. Uh, the game, the game there. Yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive. You know, in, in the Florida game, obviously he was absolutely a, a man child uh, in that one. You know, c- coming down with 12 rebounds, 28 points. I mean, he, you know, you feel like he even been worse, or worse. Excuse me, could have been even better at times. But I think something that's really been interesting, Zach, is since kind of. The um the pause there that we had for you know for the for the COVID situation, come back and he has been from the free throw line, very very good, <laughs> um yeah, and you know it was interesting in that Florida game you know there was a couple of times they had a lane violation because he's got that pause up at the top, and they say they they say that he's got the alignment kind of figured out now a little bit, and man I tell you what. I mean, sixty percent there against uh, Kansas. You know, seventy-five, and then yeah, eighty-two point four against Florida. Oh yeah, Derek Culver's hitting those. We're okay. anybody. I don't care if you're a guard or a big; it doesn't matter. Fourteen and seventeen from the line is a hell of an accomplishment. But 
You're right. Excuse me. Is, is that the Florida game? He was 14 of 17? That's, that is. But you talk about the hitch. He, he's always had a hitch in his, in his release from the line. Hell, when he shoots the ball in general. But they've, they've got him to add a little bit of an extra beat in there to get his elbow in, to get his alignment, to get the lift on the ball. And when I first saw it against Florida, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what is this? But it's going down. I have but you know what? Yeah. It, it really is. And Zach now on the season. Now, you know, we've still got some time to go. And I think, you know, I'm hopeful that this continues to be a – a progressive, uh, great trend for us. Culver up to 59.8%. Uh, uh, the numbers in my supercomputer here, uh, over the past three games, small sample size, but 20 of 26 in the line for a 77% clip. If he just goes for 70, I'd be overjoyed. Oh. Hey, I'm cool with think that. I'd even take you think about 65, 70, we'd be, we'd be living. Oh, I think, I mean, not only that, because then, then it you get that offense there from Deuce. Excuse me, you get that offense there from the line from Culver. You know he's going to get his his kind of power moves in the lane. I wish he would dunk. Damn it, though. I tell you what, that's just one thing that I don't understand. It doesn't seem to happen for him as often as we'd like. But you know, a couple of those moves like he had against Texas Tech. I mean, we saw a couple of them Saturday. He's got an amazing game. And you know what, the game. If, if nothing else, we have to say Culver set the tempo and the tone for the game Saturday with his performance right off the block there. What, six points right off the gate? And then a Bridges three? And then the Deuce and Tash show really got going. But Culver really was kind of the one who set the tone in the first half. I'm going to give him credit for that because I gave him shit for how he set the tone in the, yeah, I mean, he, in the second half. He was half. off and running right from the get-go. Um, he's getting, getting moves on McCormick. McCormick had nothing for him. And there were a couple times I've mentioned the – the refereeing, there were a couple times where Derek slung his elbow around McCormick. I was sure that he was going to get called for hooking both times, get into the basket, but they didn't call either time. And I'm like, all right, if you're going to let that go, I'll take it. Hmm. Well, we, we will gladly take it. Um, like you said, I mean, hey, you know, Culver, he has that lightning quick kind of move too, though. I mean, and that's kind of, and we've seen it, and, and it really does work. I mean, it's a, it's a thing of beauty, um, Zach. You know what, man? I mean, hey, I think we would be pretty content. We took a two and one stretch there. Would you be pretty content taking a two and one through these next three games we've got here? Tech, Oklahoma, and then Texas. I'd be greedy to say I want all three. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, greed, greed's, greed's only evil when it. I mean, know, I doesn't come with W. Definitely right? see. The hardest game in that stretch, in my opinion, being Texas Tech, especially being in Lubbock. But without fans or not many fans, it's not going to be the same experience. I think, I think we're a better team than all three. They of pack them in there, brother. But I, I think <laughs> it's not outside their own possibility to get all three. But two and one, I'd be accepting of. I just, I think that I really do think that we can get all three. If we. You know what though, if you think about it this way, if you get if you get two and one out of the out of that three game stretch, and then you're able to come back and get wins versus Kansas State and TCU, boom, you're you're sitting there at eighteen and six. 
depending on how they go about the um, the cancellation games there, because I mean, you still have an Oklahoma State game sitting out there, and then you have a couple of these Baylor games, right? Um, and then obviously the TCU, but you could be setting yourself up for a nice little what twenty and six ish type situation, depending on how the Baylor games get rescheduled. Um, if you go two and one in this stretch, it's I mean. You have people a couple couple weeks ago, you know, who were sitting there saying, you know, we've got a chance to uh, miss miss that damn tournament altogether, and I don't hear those people uh, being as loud right now. That was absurd to begin with, but I mean, you look at you look at where we'd be with that record, where our losses come from. Obviously, Florida is the quote unquote bad loss, but you know, they're still a solid team. Could be, yeah. Very true. Whereas both Kansas, teams quote unquote, the outside of the top twenty-five, but they're both tournament teams as it stands right now. That I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, Gonzaga. Yep. Those are pretty solid losses and ones that you can accept. Obviously, you don't want to lose any games, but at least they're not bad, bad losses. As long as we we don't screw the pooch the rest of the way, we're we're looking like a like a real good uh, good seed line going into the tournament. It's kind of wild because if you look at the the projected seeds at the moment, you see us as in a five seed range in the Lenardi's bracket, which to me just seems absurd, um, considering your wins and considering your strength of schedule. To be to have us anywhere near that seems to be a little bit far fetched, in my opinion, at this point in time. Um, but I think the only thing you really can do is go out there and get wins, and then it doesn't really matter. And not like those guys matter anyway, but I just find it to be funny. The perception of us at the moment is a five seed when I'm not really I sure I mean, I where that kind of comes Originally, from. it was their projection based on where we'd be after this gauntlet, which I guess they didn't imagine we'd come out too favorably after this stretch that we were supposed to have. Now Baylor's games are going to be rescheduled and whatnot, but I, I can imagine that's where it came from. But now – how the schedule may shake out. I I'd like to see us get a little more respect on that for at least a four seed, but again, bracketology means shit, so I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice it's nice to see yeah. yourself getting some respect and some love when you deserve it. And I think at this point in time we're probably a little bit deserving. But then again you say it again, like Kansas is twelve and seven, they're six and five. I mean right. how good how good are they really? Um, you know, I mean, the Oklahoma and these Texas games, and obviously this Texas Tech game coming up, are kind of where kind of the rubber's going to meet the road, right? I mean, it's there's no question about it. You got two of the three of them in down there in the heart of Texas. Um, Zach, I like you said, you you want to be greedy and get all three, um, but if you had to pick one. That's a tough one. I mean, I'd say that I could live with one of the losses coming from Texas Tech. We already got them once and just split with them in a season. I can I can accept, but I would hate to lose to either Texas or Oklahoma twice in a season. I, I honestly despise playing Oklahoma because the shit they pulled the first time we played them, they do that kind of crap every year. And it's <laughs> whatever. They run into our guys and get away with that piece of shit strategy. I'm sorry, it's aggravating. But it it is. 
and most of the time it's not full. It's, you know, it doesn't seem to work as well as others. Yeah. But it, this year, for some reason, it kind of seems to work. Uh, and it worked that game for sure. I mean, we were fragile. I mean, I'm not going to say we're fragile, but we weren't, we weren't necessarily our best um, coming into that. And it was two days after. I mean, you know, we had just, I mean, that is, that is right after he who shall not be named just departed. It was, you know, around New Year's. It was like, oh, man, damn, this is what we got to go do here. We're adapting a whole new style. And you get down 18 and then you come back and, and hang in there on them. I'm excited to play those guys. I definitely am. And like you said, we owe Texas a game. Um, and I don't think they're the same as they were before before this, the COVID pause for them. So, right. you know. And so, interesting situation we have there. Um, let's get into that Red Raider game that we're talking about. And you know what? While we're at it, Zach, we said uh, you teased me on the Super Bowl. Let's talk Super Bowl two real quick because I think only fair since it's Texas Tech and they're going to take an L hopefully Tuesday night. They took a big L sat on Sunday with their boy Patty Mahomes mm-hmm. getting absolutely worked by the GOAT. Tom Brady and the Bucks, man. There's really not a whole lot to break down, unfortunately, right? I mean, it was kind of a boring, kind of a snoozer of a Super Bowl, really. It's a real letdown because there was so much hype going into that game. We were expecting fireworks on both sides. And Todd Bowles and his defense, I mean, they schemed perfectly against against Mahomes and the Yes, they did. They they did exactly what you gotta do. They were they were dropping two safeties back, taking away the long play. They were getting all sorts of pressure with just bringing four, which their their yep. front seven is the story. I mean, they were every Without question. Without question. And I will say this, Zach. I would have liked to have seen this game played before the injury um, to Fisher. Oh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen that because I think then, obviously, it doesn't put three positions in flux on your offensive line. The Chiefs would have been, I think, a little bit better. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here and say that they would have won the game, but I think there was a lot of discomfort there for Patrick Mahomes. We saw it all game, and those guys were just not able to block the likes of a JPP, Barrett, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously blanking on another guy. But I mean, Devin White was making plays. That Bucks defense was in it, made an insane adjustment from what they did to start the game there in that game where they lost before it all happened, right? So, I mean, would have been nice to see it without it. Playoff Lenny looked good. Um, Got to love Leftwich and Keith Handy. Both, you know, Leftwich the coordinator and Keith Handy a coach. Both Matt Marshall and WVU ties winning, winning rings as coaches. Leftwich did a great job with, with uh, Brady. Mm. I mean, and the guy, he, won't, he obviously isn't going to get a head coaching job this year, but I would be shocked if he's not a guy in 2021 who is eventually head football coach, although the enemy hasn't have a job either. And, um, but there's something about left, which he's got a calm, calm presence to him. And, and to take Brady in year one and make it work the way they did, you got to give a lot of credit to that guy. Although you got to give a lot of credit to Tom Brady too, right? Oh, absolutely. Just a, just a few things now, since you mentioned those guys. And one thing before I even get into this, the coach that you just brought up, the coordinators, but my friends and I were talking last night talking about, you know, when, I wonder when the last time it was the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown in the game. So I did a little digging back through their back through their scores over the past few years. They actually have not had a game, unsurprisingly, since Mahomes took over where they did not score a touchdown. It's been since 2017 when Alex Smith was still taking 
Alex, they man. win a game without scoring a touchdown. So it's it was crazy that they did. I mean, I'm not going to put anything from that game on Mahomes, not one bit. I mean, he had his moments where he wasn't able to do much, but he was running for his life the entire game. His skill position players had moments where they just dropped the ball literally for him. They He had no help that game whatsoever. And it's not – I wouldn't even put all the uh, – Disappointment on their defense either because, I mean, the Bucks were moving the ball, but they had to be gassed. The Chiefs were not able to stay on the field offensively, but they were not able to get the defense out the field a lot. It was tough sledding for them. So, I and some of the plays that Mahomes almost made there there at the end, and oh, he was basically some of, some of the throws. Like, freaking I mean, kidding me? Oh, I mean, I mean, it was almost as much fun, and I, and I hate to say this, it was almost more fun. And entertaining to watch Mahomes just running around back there, Some backyard bullshit. Bull, backyard bullshit, just doing three spin moves and just throwing it like he's um, Omar Vizquel at shortstop mm-hmm. to try and throw touchdown passes. Then it was to watch the Bucks just be dominant um, and run the football and just play pass and just look incredibly great because Brady is so good that it looks boring, uh-huh. right? And that's kind of what we got. Because the Bucks' defense was so good, and the Chiefs had the the massive deficiency on the offensive line, I, I, I kind of said, you know, jokingly, I said, I remember this Mahomes. This is the Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. because the offensive line was bad. He'd be running around for his life back there. He'd make some amazing plays, but his team wasn't good enough to win a game, and that's kind of what we saw there um, in the Super Bowl there with the Bucks. I mean. I think it's pretty plain and simple. We saw Patty Mahomes, Texas Tech, and not, you know, Patrick Mahomes that we've seen tearing up the NFL for the last two and a half years. Yeah, and it was, like I said, it was through mostly no fault of his own. But that throw that he made at the very end where he was basically on the ground, but he threw an absolute rope right into the face of Darrell Williams. I mean, I don't even know how that's humanly possible. <laughs> It shouldn't be humanly possible, Zach, but it somehow is because he is uh, he's 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 in a different I mean, he's in a different class in terms of the way he's able to throw the ball, the angles he's able to throw it, the velocity with which he's able to throw it. I mean, it's quick twitch, man. It's fun to watch. I mean, uh, but I'm glad he's going to take two L's in a row because Texas Tech basketball is about to take one, too. Don't you think? I agree. Just real quick to jump on the court. Yeah. So we'll start with the enemy. Do you – I don't want to take one game and make it to where it's like the, the critical – I don't know. Anything? Yeah, I know where you're going here. I know where you're going. Obviously, here. there's been a lot of speculation about why he hasn't gotten a head coaching position at this point, and it's hard to use one game against him. But the fact that offensively they did not adjust in any way, shape, or form to combat or to to – battle what what the Buccaneers are throwing at them defensively from one half to the next, it's it's damning. I'm not saying it's all on the enemy. Obviously Reed has a big part to play in that, but they were not doing anything in the short passing game. They were they started you know, at halftime, but I, like they didn't make any adjustments hardly at all. I, I tell you what, I if, if I'm I'm sitting here watching, this is kind of what I thought. They definitely were running the ball more in the second half than they did in the first half. But the problem was once they had to kick that field goal again, right, 21-9, having to settle again for a field goal, 
then Brady and them go down and score a touchdown, and you're down 28 to nine. It's it was over. It was over at that point in time. I, and then they had to keep throwing the football, and then they went down there and didn't score, and then Brady and them did again, and then you kind of got what you got, right? Yeah, but I mean, even still, I have no problem with them throwing the ball at that point in the game with the deficit being what it was. You kind of had to, but they were they were still trying so hard to make plays happen downfield when you had two safeties dropping back. Like, why not try a little more short to intermediate passing game? Like it, it was working when they were trying it. It, it just didn't seem like they were doing a whole lot of it to me. I, maybe I'm just not, or maybe I'm. Just, I, I guess, I guess the only other thing that I can that I can think that I can think of here, Zach, really to to even say try not even combat the point, but just to kind of think about it is I think at times for for the Chiefs, you know, they're so good at what they do that to change it, you know, it makes it difficult. And because they're so good at getting and doing certain parts of that game, it feeds off everything else. And then you get down in the run game, you can't utilize as much. And then I think Mahomes, obviously, because of the rush, it just made everything else break down. Um, I mean, Kelsey had a great game. If they finish in the red zone and then they don't score the one time, Brady finished in the red zone, Mahomes didn't. Yep. Then they threw the one pick. I mean, I think that's as simple as that, really, when he comes down to it. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that the Bucks defense was so amazing that the Chiefs were terribly, terribly not, you know, weren't ready for this thing. They just didn't finish. And, and that was because of a great pass rush. When it happened, I think it really, I mean, that's kind of, that's sort of, that's sort of where I come down with it really is that in the end, the pass rush for the Bucks was just the kind of the, the kind of the difference in the basketball or difference in the basketball game, difference in the football game. I mean, sure. they, people say all the time, the game is one in the trenches and that's exactly where the Bucks won on both sides. Brady faced virtually no pressure the whole game. His offensive line was outstanding. And then we talked about it. The front four for Tampa was in Mahomes' face all damn game. Yep. Story. Uh, I guess, I mean, one other thing here I definitely want to hit on real quick. Now, you know what, two. Thoughts, A, on best commercial. Did you have one you really liked? And, B, did you – thoughts on the weekend and halftime in general? So, I had a couple cor- or a couple candidates for the – commercial but i'd be hard pressed to not give the give the best commercial for the super bowl trophy to todd for the jason alexander sweatshirt that was absolutely hilarious that was pretty good what about that was you? pretty good i uh i really like the the ashton kutcher shaggy mila kunis cheetos it wasn't me i mean really like that and a funny story about that i uh, got this buddy of mine came came hot with this fact and said that they really wanted Kucher bad to do this ad, but he didn't want to. So in COVID times, he was essentially like, you got to give me a week and I got to quarantine if you're going to do this ad. So he got a kind of a guilt-free week in Hawaii uh, to shoot the ad. So, you know, another another good reason for, yep. for a winner there. I, you know, going back into it, let's get back Real into quick, it. Real quick, I got two more things. I, I told you I yes. had a uh, yes. uh, Will Ferrell movie comp for the Super Bowl. So – Oh yeah, the Will Ferrell commercial. No, that was pretty either. good, and it it kind of harkened to his uh, movie that he did with 
oh crap, I'm blanking on her name. Rachel McAdams. You know who I'm talking about? Ooh. Where they were like Norwegian um, singers in some competition. What was the name of that movie? I'm blanking on it. Oh. Sarah and um, I watched it, and I see, fell asleep like halfway through. <laughs> see, now I'm sitting here thinking about uh, Blades of Glory because of him being from thinking about different countries and and Chad's Michael Michaels with the Euro Will Ferrell. That's what it was. Um, ooh, what, okay. I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't recommend it. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah. what I really wanted to say before the Super Bowl came along, we didn't get a chance to do a pod then, but it, it still applies considering it sounds like Brady's going to come back. What I was thinking about and couldn't get out of my head the whole time leading into that Super Bowl game was in Talladega Nights, you've got Jean Girard telling Ricky Bobby, I want you to beat me. That's my best French accent. But you got Brady in the Jean Girard <laughs> role telling Ricky Bobby, Pat Mahomes, that he's not quitting until he dethrones him. Didn't happen in this game. Maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah, that's – that's uh... I could, I mean, you know what? But Brady might just That's keep on winning. Here. So, I mean, I don't think it would shock anybody at this point in time if he's if Brady just kept on, just kept on, kept on win, you know? Because I think he could, uh, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise. I don't think anybody to see that out out of Tom, you know? Because I mean, in, in reality, too, it's it's crazy to think about this, and I couldn't believe I saw this, and I know it's. The fact that Brady has won more championships than the franchises that have won the most Super Bowls. Now, part of that's piggybacking yeah, on the his. Patriots, obviously. But they are his. Um, and so – but it's it's still why I also think that, that that run, you know, surpasses the Steelers, surpasses the Cowboys, and What's the 49ers. Also too is that he's won yeah. one in three decades. See, now, I saw somebody say that's never happening again. I'm not necessarily 100% sold on that just because doesn't Patty Mahomes get the count, you know, last mm. year's a 2020. I could see Patty Mahomes kind of creeping around here 20 years from now. I mean, it's a possibility. Absolutely. People want to anoint him as, like, the next Brady, but, I mean, Jesus Christ. You can't just kind of throw that throne or throw somebody onto that throne, say, one six and now seven right. Super Bowls. That's just – it's too hard to do, but if there's if there's a guy who could even come close, I would say that it's him. But we'll see. There's, there's a lot of football effort for him to play. It's oh exactly. Well, it, it's one of those things. That essentially, when you say when you do say that, you're kind of almost saying, okay, I understand that nobody is going to get to that level unless there is somebody that gets to that level, and who has the best chance to do it? Well. He's still young and has one. I mean, the, the fact that he didn't get this one. Now, if he got this one and he had two already in, what, three seasons, then mm-hmm. then we're talking, right? I mean, granted, if you win two and four, it's still the same conversation. He, he's the one guy that you could maybe, maybe, and I think part of it's just because of his athleticism. And But you also have to wonder, is, is Mahomes mentally the same as Brady to want to do it for that long? Um, you know, maybe he's fine winning three or four and, you know, and – having a lot of records and being able to be fine with 
you know, him himself maybe not playing as long as Brady. It's just a different too. deal. You, you don't really – yeah, it's there, – there's no way to really kind of uh, kind of match or kind of know on that. So, Zach, the first time now in a while that after we have beat a team, they have come back out and won a game because Kansas does hold off yep. Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I'm glad to see that. I'm not gonna not gonna lie about that. That feels that feels good to see a team that we just took care of go out there and beat a team that has supposedly the number one pick. You know, it's gonna be fun is when we beat Texas Tech and Oklahoma this week, and Kansas wins this game and wins Saturday, and they jump us in the polls. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. If that if that oh, scenario man. were to happen, <laughs> burning the AP down. I mean, oh lord. I mean, yeah. I think you'd have to you'd have to finish with it. I mean, you'd have to be done with it. And then also, real quick, here's Zach. So, I mean, Gonzaga, we pop into the game oh, and it's man. eleven I to two. Enjoy watching this, um, but it's not looking like a good one. <laughs> it's well, I mean, hey, Suggs going coast to coast. BYU. Let's be real about this. They're not on Gonzaga's level. Nobody in that league is, um, and these teams that are actually good in the league aren't able to sneak up on them, like say at Pacific the other night. Just a terrible gym, a terrible, you know, they're not ready for it. Even well, even having Mighty Mouse, old Damon Stoudemire's the coach, they got a long way to go. BYU though, they they lost to them last year in this building. Gonzaga is going to be mm-hmm. fired up and ready for this game, and it's like, okay, BYU, take your best shot, and boom, it's already thirteen to two, just like that. Oh. I, this is a question that I did want to bring up, Zach, though, real quickly, is coming into kind of the – as we kind of get a little deeper into the season here, do you feel like the Zags are a team that d- makes a deep run? Because I'm I'm starting to wonder a little bit about them. I do. I think they're definitely capable of doing that. I don't think there are many teams out there that can support them, but I'm interested to hear what your take is on it because it sounds like you may not be quite as convinced. I I think it's just it's not even so much that that I don't like their team because I do. I think they're definitely a second weekend team, but for some reason, I just I just don't feel like they've been in enough dogfights lately. And yeah, but I feel like it can't, it comes up to bite them in the ass yeah, almost every year. This is their most talented team I mean, they've ever had, though. I'm, I mean, they've got a lot of really good teams. It's the most talented team since the team that beat us in the 20, uh, is that 2017 uh, season there? Yeah, the Sweet 2017. 16? The, the Tariq Phillips mm-hmm. eight minute review. Uh, yeah, that's the one. yeah that game. I mean, because you know it's 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 kind of funny because you think about it because that's really the only time Gonzaga's really made that final only made the final four that one time. Um, I just think they get a lot of unnecessary love at times, and I think now and this is a question that I wanted to bring up, and I think this is the reason I got to it now is if we play Gonzaga now, I think we match up a lot better with them than we did when we played them. Uh, Back in December with Oscar. We have the ability to score now, which we didn't quite have that, you know, not in that, not to that capacity, mm-hmm. but it's, 
it is a right. different style of ball club now. We can match up with them just fine. Defensively, we can, you know, we can pound Timmy inside with Culver and, you know, not have any loss on the on the defensive side. Because one thing that we did struggle with in that game was pick and roll defense because Oscar is just god-awful at it, and there's no getting around it. That's something Gonzaga utilizes heavily. And when they got him caught in the pick-and-roll situation, they thrived on it. So that's when we could avoid – They'd burn him. Yeah, we could have more burn him a situation few times. now that we have the little bit smaller lineup that we can we can throw out there. The only the only thing that I wonder about with Gonzaga is their depth, which obviously a team like them, if they're if they're healthy, they have you know four NBA guys in their starting lineup. It's it's ridiculous, but that I mean, when you're playing a lot of games and a little amount of time, it can wear on you. That's that's true. I mean, I think, you know, and the only reason I, I give him a little more credit on depth this year, just because I remember how well once Suggs, you know, got hurt, how, how kind of big Nimhard was stepping up and kind of almost willing him to that game versus us. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like they have the depth. I just feel like there's just going to be a, a tough matchup or a team where I don't think they've had to grind, grind games out, right? I think if they get a Big Ten squad – say, like, in Iowa, although they beat Iowa once already, but, like, not even Iowa as much, but maybe a Wisconsin or an Ohio State later on in the tournament. I just feel like that's a team that, that can, can get them, you know, a team that grinds out defensively a little bit and makes them have to play that game. I'm a little worried for them oh, in yeah. that situation, too. Here's the thing. I think that they are one of the best teams in the country, obviously, and they're one of the favorites to win it all, but by that same token – you know they're vulnerable. They can they can take an L because obviously they're not seeing teams in their conference schedule that they're they're gonna have to worry about. But when they get into the thick of things in the NCAA tournament, it's a different ball game. They're gonna be seeing legit ball clubs, and they're vulnerable. I, I could I mean I could see a Texas Tech yeah, beat I could see that, that. And honestly, that that goes to show what the parity is in the landscape too, which I love. I think that. It's awesome when you don't have one team, which I feel like this is the case most years, when you don't have one team that's just like a surefire candidate to win it all. Like you, you'd put you'd put the farm on it. And I, I think this is one of those years. Hey, is there anybody that you are putting the Purdy Farm on, man? Uh, I mean, are, are we – do you think uh, – is Baylor is – Baylor is Baylor the pick? I think if I had to pick one team – I might pick Baylor, but I don't know either. Like, there's something about them that still holds me back while still probably thinking they're the best team in the country. I would make them that team, yeah. I would say that they're the team that I would – if I had to bet the farm on a team, it would be them. Because if you want to win an NCAA tournament title, you got to have guards. And by God, they've got guards. And they've got got good, solid depth. And like I keep saying – they're so effective on both sides of the ball. Like they're, they're just good. They're a good, solid basketball team. And they're, they're a tough out, man. I just, obviously they can be beaten on any given night, just like anybody else. But I think it's going to be the hardest to take them out versus any of the other teams that I've seen play. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree too. I think that it's going to take an, take an amazing, amazing game to beat Baylor. I think somebody can get Gonzaga um, between the two of them. 
Um, I mean, and, and then, man, like we said before, it's it's really parody stricken throughout. Uh, is that kind of, I guess, real, real quick, man, kind of want to kind of finish up by breaking down the ball game here that we're going to see Tuesday night. Because um, I figure we can come back before Saturday, maybe break down the Texas Tech game and break down the Sooners. But kind of, kind of your thoughts heading into this game here in Lubbock um, for for Tuesday night. You know what? How are you feeling about it? What do you think we're going to kind of see? What kind of game are you expecting uh, on Tuesday evening? Well, I'd honestly like to not have um, McClung go for thirty again. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I mean. I feel like we're going to cut the snake off the head a little bit this we'll time. Get him a little oh. more cleanly this time. I mean, you have to the try to, right? I mean, is a guy going to is a guy going to ha- go off again like that? I don't, I mean, I what don't are the think odds we're of that? Really? that? We're going to game plan for him. I, I could see Shannon having a big game, you know, 20, 22 points, but I just don't see anybody else besides him, McClung, doing anything that really, really hurt us. And I know that's dangerous to say we could get caught sleeping, but I don't. I don't think we're ever going to get caught sleeping against Texas Tech. We, we've. It was a. It was a hell of a game to pull out, but I mean, you look at how we shot the ball in that game: fifty-eight percent from the floor, sixty-three percent from three. We made twelve three-pointers. Obviously, you miss a lot of free throws. That's the big detriment. But even still, when you shoot those clips from the floor and you only win by one, like that's that's tough, man. It is, and it, it's on, but it's one of those things where it's like, I think this game is, is as simplified as saying who wins the, the battle Max. of the McBrides, or excuse yeah. me, the McBrides, but but the Max, right? I mean, who wins it? Does does McBride have the last laugh again? Does McClung have another career game? Um, I mean, I think it's, it, I mean, you don't want to go to that simplified thing about it. But that's kind of where it goes. But also, you're probably right about saying that maybe whoever has the better secondary game between a Taz Sherman or a, mm-hmm. you know, Shannon, uh, might might have kind of the advantage. And, and and for some reason, I think Derek could have a much better game than he had in Morgantown versus these guys. Um, the Sil- the Silva had a pretty decent game, and I think the Silva's a good player. But I think Culver is a much better player than De Silva. And I think De Silva kind of, um, you know, fared more favorable in that matchup than I think we would have been. That was a game that a whole lot of run either because of the matchup situation. But two things that yep. stood out in the in the first meeting that we've got to make sure don't happen this time around. One thing, shot attempts. Texas Tech put up 21 more field goal attempts than we did. That cannot happen. I mean, when you get that many more shots at the bucket, you're you're going to score points. And we can't allow that to happen. We've got to keep their attempts down. Yeah. I mean, they had 11. They, had 11 they absolutely dominated us on the glass, and if I'm not mistaken. And the other thing right? that leads to more offensive possessions, they only had two turnovers. I don't think they had any in the second half. If they did, it was only one. But I'm pretty sure both those turnovers came in the first half. That absolutely cannot happen. We've got to turn them over at least to some degree, which we did a good job of against Kansas. We did a good job of against Iowa State. Hopefully we can do that against Texas Tech. It's true. It's true. And, and you know what, though? I feel like that was kind of the 
I mean, that game and the Florida game was the birth of the uh, hugs kind of being like, y'all want to play defense? Y'all get mad about the other guy scoring? And I think, yep. like you said, he's not above trickeration, right? And um, he's starting to play that this Jedi kind of coach mind mm-hmm. tricks that a, hall, that a Hall of Famer plays uh, with 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 his team to get that little extra little extra out of them that you need this time come March. Uh, and I think that's kind of what Hugs was imploring, imploring there in those games, you know, always tweaking, always trying to get this a little bit better. And, you know, you always talk about those are the, when you have those coaches that are like that, those are the ones that can build special teams. And Zach, I feel like for some reason, you know, because the 89 points there against Texas tech, or excuse me, 88 defensively given up, we're going to see a much, much better effort defensively from us. I think the on-ball pressure will be huge, like we've talked about before. I think Key, you'll get some run uh, tomorrow night uh, for sure because obviously, you know, he is a guy who uh, can kind of provide that ball pressure in that, in that spurt and that kind of that that kind of that uh, that real kind of spike of energy there. And I think he has that capability. And if we can do that again on, on Tuesday night against Mac, we need to frustrate him a little bit. I think Keedy really frustrated him. And it kind of, remember, at the end of the game, wasn't as, you know, proficient and wasn't making as many shots as he was there before Keedy got on him, you know, at a, probably about the, what the eight minute mark or so there. Yeah, to I'd go like to see more of that in too. the game in Morgantown. And if you remember, Jordan played one hell of a game against Texas Tech. I mean, that was probably one of his best, most complete games of the season. But we we really could use that that jolt from yeah. Keedy. I think that he frustrated Mac quite a bit. I'd like to see him get a little more burn and have that opportunity again. But you know, we we've got to we've got to the ball. McKay McKay's yeah. playing a good role for this team though, Zach. That's a good point you brought up because he did a heck of a job there against uh he's gonna like you know run in that game on offense he kind of you know he, he he's playing a nice role and i think having him kind of early on the ball gets where it needs to get to on offense when he's in the game and then it kind of makes the flow better and i think when you have that starting off the game with him even though he didn't start on saturday it just it just kind of mm-hmm. gets the rhythm of the game moving right so i like i like mccabe getting early minutes because it kind of gets a flow to the offense at times, um, if you can afford it defensively. I think that's really one thing they've got to kind of do and they've got to watch is, yeah, we want him in the game to kind of help out in that capacity with the offense facilitating and, you know, he can make some shots. And we've seen him be aggressive a time or two and, and get to the cup, you know. But is he going to give up too much defensively? And I think they've really got to be cognizant of that because he is that much of a liability, I believe, defensively I mean I feel like they've the help is is really really there and helping helping when when McCabe's in the game defensively at times yeah against some of these other guards and obviously he he got a lot of minutes against Texas Tech the first time around because he was playing so well offensively but I mean he's he's you're right he is going to get burned on the defensive end so I would be unless he comes out shooting the ball like he did against Texas Tech tomorrow you know I'd like to see Keedy get more of that backup point guard role and get more of those get more of that time than McCabe does because he's going to bring that energy on defense. He's going to give you somebody who can d up on McClung, and we've got to have that this game. And 
he he can bring that. But one one thing I want to mention, guys guys that I think are really the X factor for this team and will be the X factor moving forward. It's I've kind of bounced back and forth on it, but I'm just gonna go ahead and climb the wing the wing towers. Do what? Declare. The wing position in general. So you're declaring the wing position. I think those guys are our X factor because we've got to have them defensively. We've got to have their versatility, being able to switch, being able to play solid defense on the perimeter, making their rotation. But also offensively, if we can get between 15 to 20 points from them combined, which we've gotten the past few games, the last two in particular, if we can get that consistently from them moving forward, you know, one guy gets – 12 to 15, the other guy gets seven or eight, you know, that's probably, that's probably how it's going to go consistently. One or the other is going to get more than the, you know, the other, you know, you're not going to have 15 or 20 from mm-hmm. each of them on mm-hmm. any given night, but if you can get 15 to 20 out of them offensively, that's a big output and that's going to make it really great for us offensively because you can pretty much consistently rely on Deuce and Taz and most of the time Culver to get you points. But if you can get that nice little chunk from them, that'd be massive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. If you're getting, if you're able to get those little sprinkles of extra contributions, um, it, it only it only goes to help. And I think another thing too that's going to be really crucial for this team, and, it, and it's been pretty good for the most part. I think, other than really, if you think about it, that Florida game, um, and even I mean, Culver was great from the line of that game, so it kind of bounces, kind of takes away from that to some extent. But the free throw line. I think if the free throw line continues to be our friend, which to this point in time, it has been, you know, they have been cheating that part of the game for sure. Uh, you know, hugs, you know, as hugs would always say, you know, can't, can't cheat the game. Um, and I feel like that's going to be crucial too, because we've won some games here, to, here lately due to the line. I mean, you know, let's be real about it too. Kansas great. Despite how great we're playing, right. If we don't knock down those free throws at the end, who knows? Things get dicey. We've we've lost to them before in, in crazier situations, right? So it was good to see those free throws going in in that game. Um, and, and and on the whole, for the year, free throw shooting has really been a just kind of a a really uh, nice nice thing that we <laughs> that we've kind of had. Now I'm sitting here knocking on wood, Zach, because I feel like I've just literally. You threw the jinx out. Sentence us to doom. Yeah, uh, you threw the jinx out. Down in Lubbock there from the line. I know. Threw in the universe. Sorry. But, um, I mean, man, is there any other things there, though, that you look at and say, I mean, I just feel like, and you bring up the point, though, you're like, if you can hold McClung down, who else scares you? And kind of talk the same thing with, you know, because really respect his basketball acumen and he said you know i just don't see anything on texas tech that truly scares me yeah i mean offensively um, they're, other than they're really they're really running it through him which you would expect i mean he's that's why he was brought in uh beard didn't bring him in for his strap up right it's not it's not what he does but mm-hmm. he brought him in to score points mm-hmm. that's what he's out there to do and that's what he does on a regular basis so if you can you're not going to you're not going to completely put the clamps on him but if you can slow him down keep him around his season average or a little below it, that's that's a win. I, I think so, too. 
I think so too. If you can kind of keep him, you know, I mean, they've got him at about 17. If Mac McClung goes for 17 tomorrow, I, I feel pretty yeah, confident in us being able to I win mean, the basketball he's, game. He's going to get his. There's really no way around it. Now, granted, it looks like when he played Oklahoma about a week ago, they, they kept him to six. But Texas Tech still won. So what's that tell you? Yeah, I mean, they really had it working. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can find ways to win without him, but look at the point total. 57 to 52. Let's hope that we don't end up scoring in the 50s. They didn't no. score a lot that game. Yeah. If we're in the 50s, we're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we will. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it comes down to, I mean, you saw that game, and they scored 57, and he had six. So let's say he gets to 20, and then they're sitting there right around uh-huh. 70. I'm even okay with that. Also, also interesting to note in this game here, six-point dog at the moment. Texas Tech, the line just kind of popping out here. Wow. Uh, Texas Tech is a six-point favorite in Lubbock. Um, um, that's, uh, that feels like a pretty good number to get the man. For whatever it's at, worth, quite ESPN's BPI has Texas Tech at a 76% chance of winning. Are you shitting me? That's the I know. Oh, yeah. Saw that as well. Um, and by the way, smash the, the total 139 and a half, which I like that. I, I agree. I think it's a hammer. Uh, cause I think we're going to score in the seventies. And I yeah. think that they probably will too. Um, if I'm being honest, I mean, I, I mean, I'd love to see us hold them down. Well, that'd be great. But you know, Zach, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking to Texas Tech's wins and, They beat Texas when everyone thought they were really good, and they beat Oklahoma without Oklahoma really having their full complement, and they kind of hung around with Baylor. (laughs) I guess hanging around with Baylor really gives you a lot of props because they lost to Kansas. They lost an OT to Oklahoma State. They beat Iowa State. They beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas State twice. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I kind of start looking at Texas Tech, and I start questioning a little bit um, because there's nothing impressive in the non-league at all. And we know McClung's great, I but I'm not sure how great of a team they are still personally. yet. And oh, I, I would 100% agree with that statement. I mean, they're sitting there at 6-4 and four in this league. And granted, I mean, they should not have won the LSU game either. LSU handed that, that game to them. So I think – I think Texas Tech's kind of been on a little bit of a, little bit of a high here, and I'm uh I'm ready to knock them off a peg here. Get get a sweep, if you're able to pull that off. By the way, you really kind of um, I'm not gonna say solidify yourself for second place in the league, but it you you put you put a little distance between yourself and uh, the Red Raiders, and then you have an opportunity again with Oklahoma. You could really put yourself in the second place rather easily. Oh yeah, with the nice, that'd be, that'd nice be two a huge step in the right direction, especially because it's such a cluster between us, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Texas. It's just, you know, any any of those teams could buy. For, I mean, hell, even Oklahoma State at this point, any of those teams could buy for the second place spot in the conference. It's just so close. But this game would be a huge step in the right direction, and I'd, I'm interested to watch how this line moves tomorrow. I'm, I'm, Interested to see how the money comes in tomorrow morning, see if it 
maybe moves down to maybe Texas Tech by four or three and a half because I could I could definitely see that movement. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very. I mean, this is this is a great situation if you're you know if you listen to this early in the morning um, and you hear the Mountaineers. I mean, it it might be worth your might be worth uh, throwing down. A unit or two a on uh, West Virginia plus points there in Lubbock. Uh, yeah. System play. We know this is going to be a tight game, right? I don't think they're going to – I don't think – even if we do not win this basketball game, I do not see Texas Tech blowing the doors off us tomorrow night by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, th- this game just a, it's a it's a grinder of a basketball game. You know coming into it that it's not for the ill, you know, or the weak-hearted man, you, you better you better strap it on. You better be ready to, you know, to come to come ready to play West Virginia basketball. And you know, we know we talked about last time in this game. Uh, you know, they always talk about the the culture that Texas Tech brings. We also have a, a DNA of doing what doing what we do right, and that's what we got to do. Absolutely. Tonight, I, I want to. Sure. I want to mention something, if if you're cool with it, before we pop it here. So. Since oh, we yeah. beat Kansas, Absolutely. they're out of the top 25 now, like we talked about. And this is this goes out to all WVU fans, but the ones in particular who don't always appreciate the Huggins era that we're in right now and the kind of success that we're, we've become accustomed to. Hell, not even just Huggins, but since, since we've had Beeline and Huggins both, you you see a year like this where I saw today 13, the 13 most winningest basketball programs in history are outside the top 25, including your Blue Bloods of Kansas, yep. Kentucky, yep. Duke, right. UNC. And we're right there in the mix. We are right there like we have been the majority yep. of Huggins' tenure in Morgantown. Enjoy it. Enjoy every minute of it because it's even, even for the teams that have consistent success yep. year in and year out, they're down years for them too. So just enjoy the good, the good These times. Happen. They're not forever. They're not. They're, they're absolutely not. I mean, think about two years ago. I mean, it, it happens. Even when you have a great coach and have a, a program that's really – I mean, I think we've argued this before, but a top a top 15, you know, without a doubt, if they say a top 20 basketball program in the country, um, you know, you still even have a couple of years where you're not – on your top of your A game, you know, and and you have regression at times um, when you're not one of the ultra blue buds and seeing them unranked. Like you said, I know Cincinnati was on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, hugs built them. I mean, and by the way, Zach, you know, kind of uh, something to close on here, man. I've had some discussions here of late, right? And you talk about the blue buds not being on the list. And this kind of involves some coaching, uh, coaching from the blue blood tree. If you had to have a Mount Rushmore of college basketball head coaches at this point in time, where do you think now are we talking about you would have your vote current line? day or all time? Let's 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 go current day. Let's go current day, and, and we'll ponder this. This won't be the first time we talk about this. Um, so you know you can give a kind of a quick one if you want to come back next time after the game and different times and kind of give another opinion of it, but. First blush, 
your four guys on the Mount Rushmore of college active basketball coaches, active coaches. Just off the top, you know, I'd, I'd say Coach K tops that list unquestionably. I yeah, would. I'd agree. I would have Huggins in there. Definitely one of the four. Because I mean, how do you not amongst the coaches? Um, I, I love I Izzo. Agree. I mean, he I has agree. where he has teams that underperform in the tournament, but he's he's still got one hell of a resume. He's got he's got titles. Um, and among, I don't know. This is tough. I, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't put Roy Williams in there. I know your opinion, but I I think that he he manages his way in that top four of active coaches. So. So one guy you don't have on the list, a little surprising, yeah, is uh is Bayheim. Um, yeah, I would probably have Bayheim on the on the on the Mount Rushmore. Let me let me switch with, out Roy Williams along with Bayheim. Coach K. I'm, I'm making a I'm making um, an alteration. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I mean, I here's here's my thing on it, and I I just feel this way. And, you know, man, it's interesting when you start thinking about the Mount Rushmore because I'm even thinking to myself, it's like, mm-hmm. not that I don't want to put hugs up there, but it, it gets a little tough, right? I think what he what yeah. he has done winning the amount of games he has, the places he's won games, I would say it's a tougher, a much tougher um, assignment than doing what Roy did at Carolina and Kansas to win that number of games at those schools as opposed to hugs winning – the amount of games that he has at West Virginia, who we have a proud program and tradition, but let's also be honest about where it was before he got it. And, you know, so a lot of that tradition and pride and and a lot of the greatness that we had was back in the fifties and a few things in the seventies and then Beeline kind of resurrected it and he got in a good place with Beeline, obviously. I mean, he's, he's done it everywhere he's been and let's, uh, Let's take another take another stab at this real quick, if you don't mind. I, I could be completely misrepresenting this guy's accomplishments based on what he has done. And I don't think that he's had any issues with him recruiting or anything like that, any allegations against him. But technically, the guy who's still a still an active head coach, Jim Calhoun, where does he fit on there? Blaine, you with me? For Calhoun, he's definitely in some D three school. Um, I remember seeing that outside the lines feature. I, man, to put him on, I think you got to put Calhoun up there. I would probably put Calhoun, Coach K. Um, I, I would definitely, I think, put Bayheim because he's the father of the two three up there. Uh, then it gets tough because, man, I think. It's either Hugs or Izzo in my book, although Roy Williams also very deserving because, you know, somebody made the point about secondary break. Although, man, I just think it's just – it's one of those things. I don't think Roy Williams could have done what some other coaches have done. Now, I'm not sure other coaches would have won as many national championships as he's won either. So, it's like, you know, should he be up there? I just – I think sometimes when you've seen him not have the the immense amount of talent on his roster – I think sometimes he struggles. Um, we saw it last year. This year's team is, while it's, you know, it's getting better, it's probably going to make the tournament. I'm not sure 
I would feel very confident if the Mountaineers faced off against North Carolina and got that draw come Selection Sunday. Yeah, it'd be some wild times. Let me throw another one at you just, just for fun. The vampire, Rick Patino. Oh, man. Slick Rick. Speaks for himself. Obviously, he's got the allegations, but his, his record does hold a lot of weight. Man, it does, doesn't it? And he's still active. He is. That's, that's, hey, there's man. a lot of guys on my list. The Ione Gales there. Um, you know what, though? I just don't think he's – man, how, how clean. How clean is he ran some of his his ships there? Yeah, that's, that's – uh, that's where you got a ding. I mean, we know about one situation for sure there at Louisville. I mean, running running the whorehouse. And, I mean, I'm not – you know, we, we don't know about Kentucky, but we also know Kentucky's history throughout. And we we know enough about Kentucky to, to make, uh, I think, an educated guess. They call that hypothesis in some places. <laughs> that, uh, that Kentucky's not always doing this thing by the book. And, I mean, would it shock you if anything that the, if anything from the Calipari stands um, this era once he's done here in like another three years and wearing those fucking blazers when everyone else is wearing quarter zips? At? I'm so over that. And by the way, we added another one to the Calipari like Hall of Fame shame um, for wearing these blazers. Mark Fox at Cal, get out of here wearing a suit for a team that can't even win a game in the Pac-12. And by the way, Zach, I'm putting Cal on notice as well. Because in Cal, the coach, and now Cal, the school, Cal literally attempts to, to like, slow roll the ball up the floor down 15 with, like, two minutes to go in a game. Like, who the hell are you? Enough. Cal, you're on notice as well. Do you you want to put somebody on notice? I feel like that was fun last week when you kind of were on Coach K a little bit. Do you have anybody you want to put on notice? Oh, man. Not this week. We'll, Ooh. we'll save it. Okay. Company hey, this, is, hey, you, you can percolate them. If, you know, if you want, if you've got like two next week or whatever, I mean, but I'm, I'm putting them on notice, man. I mean, you're, you're kind of, this is sort of your dead week before the final exam, right? You're getting to study up on the hoops this week and in the hotel room. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching a lot of hoopers. I mean, right now, Gonzaga, we were up 19-2. They're up 36-23. But it also is the West Coast Conference. So let's, you know, let's be real about that. Excited for tomorrow night, Zach. I feel like really great opportunity. And if you get that one and you get a chance to beat the Sooners back at home on Saturday, man, I mean, how crazy would that have been coming off that loss at Florida if you'd have told us we'd have won the next, you find a way to win the next four? I think we'd have taken it, right? I think you trade the SEC Big 12 Challenge loss for for conference wins any day. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't be upset with that one bit. Obviously, it would be nice to get the one against Florida, but this time of year, the ones in conference are the ones that matter most. Yeah, it, it really is true. And and you know what? We'll, we'll see what happens with the Baylor games. That's going to be a huge kind of uh, kind of those mystery boxes. And like, you know how you play Mario and you just kind of have to bang your head up against it? Like, eventually we're going to get the mystery box of when we get Baylor or there's going to be four of them still. So, like, Hopefully we'll get them, you know, and like it, it shrinks them down, or like we'll get like the, the magic toad one that'll like allow us to beat Cade Cunningham a second time or something like that. Like, I mean, and then you get TCU twice, so we get to suck my dicks and you know, a couple of times, man. It's 
Hey, it's the best league in it's the best league in college basketball. I'm I'm convinced of it now. I don't think the Big Ten holds a candle to it. The Big Ten's a bunch of garbage, a bunch of frauds. I'm with you. The SEC did beat in the challenge, but I mean, I think that you know, had Kentucky not COVIDed out, I think that we would have had a, a split there, and we didn't do our part, but we've come around since. Yeah, I think uh, I think we bounced back nicely from that that loss against the Gators, and tomorrow I feel like we'll be the next step in the process. Yeah, and just continue to keep grinding defensively. Continue to keep seeing improvement from that, um, and and continue to make shots. Because if we do those things and do what we do, which now doing what we do is is score ninety, um, we got a chance to win every every time out there. Zach, appreciate you coming on there, brother. And uh, let's uh, let's let's hope that when we get back on here again, that uh, we're talking about another big win and. Uh, getting ready to beat potentially another top 10 team in the Sooners. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go drink some beers. Y'all take it easy.